0: It seemed like a good idea at the time. Three days in ultimate seclusion. The flakes that started to fall on your way were hardly worth notice. But now the polar vortex is locked over Canada and as the drifts creep up to the windows you feel foolish being miles and miles from any neighbor or route plowed by a road commission. The generator ran out of gas yesterday but there's plenty of lamp oil and wood for the stove. Surprisingly your call for help was met with something like joy. An acquaintance has a snowmobile with enough gas for a one-way trip. They're bringing people, food, supplies, beverages, and, if they heard your plea as the last milliamp slipped from your phone, games. That's right, soon you'll be Gamers Stuck in Snowmageddon. Hello, Jim Maratsky here with a preview of Gamers Stuck in Snowmageddon podcast that features discussions with northern michigan residents about life the pursuit of happiness and the four table top games they'd like to get stuck with in a fictitious snowpocalypse my first guests will be avid gamers but i'm looking forward to exploring all types of analog games with a wide variety of guests along with a wide variety of topics of interest to them and i hope to you uh, as i've started talking about uh, this project with potential guests, the question I've been asked most often is, are you going to share the games you'd bring? So uh, with this preview, I'll put myself in my own hot seat and answer that question. I'm planning on starting uh, each podcast with the first question to each guest is, uh, was it hard to choose the games that you chose and what criteria did you use? For me, this wasn't really all that difficult. I uh I guess I've fantasized on this uh this type of scenario before. <laughs> That's why I brought it into the uh this podcast. But uh to have a, a few days or a week or something without uh any other responsibilities because you just can't get out into the world, uh that, that sounds great to me. So there's a few games that i've uh chosen to bring along that uh that I hope um would i would explore i've got um a, a reasonably extensive collection of games and a a reasonably sizable part part of that is uh what they call shelf of shame games I have not gotten to the table yet so some of them that I'd like to bring along uh while I'm stuck out in the snow uh would be some that uh are either you know more complex that uh, that I haven't been able to get out uh, because of the time it would take to learn or or play them. Um, some that uh, that I'd like to explore a little bit more. That just uh, haven't had found folks to to play with, and um, and then I'll also choose a couple that uh, that I you know just like uh, that I think would be fun to have along if if folks are there and to. Uh, or to play along with the games to um to do that so um without further ado let me get started on my list uh this will just be a, a quick discussion here and i'm hoping that uh when we get past a preview and you have more and more interesting folks to listen to than me <laughs> then you'll uh then you'll uh uh, we'll have a little bit more ex- extensive discussion. But anyway, um, my first game that I'd like to take along is one that I've owned since 1979. Yep, that's a long time ago. Um, it's a game from uh, Avalon Hill, dev- designed by Richard Hamblin, and that's uh, Magic Realm. Um, it's a uh, a game that uh, is a fantasy based game uh very much like a, wouldn't really call it a dungeon crawler but a, uh, a fantasy realm explorer uh it's a sandbox game that uh that allows you to basically um, put out a, a, a fantasy world uh with paths and little clearings where things can happen uh and move a character through that uh, that realm it's uh you know, gives you a lot of uh, leeway as to what you can do. Um, it plays up to sixteen players. There's sixteen characters in the box. Each player chooses a character, and uh, there are various things like you know, swordsmen and dwarves and woods girls and that kind of thing. Um, to uh, they all have different powers, and uh, as you move through the environment you can choose to go to different places and, uh, and encounter monsters uh, encounter local residents and, and uh, communicate with them. And, uh, and you can, uh, you know, uh, fight with the monsters fight amongst yourselves. There's just lots of different things that you can do in this game. As I, as I understand it Um, from a, modern perspective the production quality isn't isn't all that great um but what i'm mostly interested in with this game is just to see how somebody you know that many years ago kind of thought through how uh how this game could be constructed and uh, from what i've heard although it's uh it's pretty you know there's a lot to think about the the rule book that comes in the game that i have the version that i have which is the first version is about 36 pages long it, it's played over a series of encounters so they sort of introduce rules to you in in bite-sized pieces uh, as you go through but uh, folks have created a more recent version of uh, of the rule book uh, the third edition that is actually like 120 pages long you can download it off of board game geek and uh, and find it there uh, so it's um, that's something that I you know don't I've owned it for a long time. It's been in the bottom of a box that I've carried with me where all the places I've moved. Uh, but I've never really pulled it out. And I mean, I think I did when I first got it. I, I, I tried playing it, and um, but I don't really remember that. That was a long time ago. And uh, so I'd like to pull that one out and um, and see how that goes, try to explore it a little bit and, um, and try to learn a little bit more about that. So my second game um, that I'm going to try to take along is a campaign game, and uh, again on my shelf. of This is a, another one of those ones on my shelf of shame, but uh, the uh, the I have I own several can, you know what I would consider campaign games, games that need to be played or can be played across several uh, sessions that. Uh, you know, give you a chance to explore some kind of world in more than one more than one time. Um, the games I got are Legends of Andor and Charterstone, which is a that's more of a legacy game type of thing. But the one I think I'll bring with me is the one of those three that's uh, most highest rated on Board Game Geek, and that is Near and Far, which is a uh, 2017 game uh designed by ryan laucat and uh published by red raven games which is ryan's uh publish publishing house i've played several of ryan laucat's games and i i like them but i've only played his smaller game so that would be like rome and eight minute empire um but i really like the idea of a game that tells a story and that's kind of why i Acquired near and far, but I'm hoping someday to uh, to play this. It uh, it it's got an interesting world. Ryan Lockett's worlds are our world building is always interesting. Um, it's got a, a spiral bound book in it that has maps that you can play on, um, and there's also a thick book of kind of paragraphs that you can read along the way. I've heard that it doesn't necessarily give you a you know a, a single Plot line, uh, story that has uh, a beginning, middle, and an end. But you do get a chance to kind of read through uh, a particular stories, encounters and things like that for for characters. So again, this is one I haven't played, but I'd like to bring it along because uh, it uh, it sounds like something that you could explore through several plays throughs and uh, and uh, if you had a lot of time ahead of you, that would be a good uh, good thing to have along. My third game uh, is t- uh, one that I, I know and have played a bit, but uh, uh, I think is just a lot of fun, and I would like to play it more because the more I've played it, the more uh, I've enjoyed it. So uh, the first time I played through it, it, uh, it, didn't, it felt kind of just like a multiplayer solitaire, but uh, now that I've played it a few times, and especially once you've played it with folks that uh, know how the game goes, then uh, it's a lot more pleasant experience. So uh, that game is Wingspan, uh, 2019 release designed by Elizabeth Hargrave and uh, published by Stonemeyer games. winner of the 2019 Spiel Yaris, the uh, game of the year and uh, a really popular game that uh, that uh, made a huge impact on the uh, on the gaming world I think, primarily because it's about birds. And a lot of people seem to be shocked that, uh, that, you know, a game that was about a natural subject or whatever that wasn't about zombies or monsters or that kind of thing would, uh, would be popular, and yet it's, uh, it's really proven to be very popular. Um, I feel like, so that in this game you, you can draw bird cards, you can play bird cards into a habitat as you play those bird cards out, each bird card has a separate, um, you know, special power. And as you use that habitat to acquire resources or lay eggs or uh, or gain more bird cards, then uh, all of the all the special powers kind of trigger on those cards as you play them along. And so uh, it would it's an engine builder that allows you to, um, you know, kind of plan out uh, how how well or what kind of resources you can get or things like that from the bird cards that you've played. Um, And I guess the, you know, while that is, that is super fun, uh, the game to me does have, I mean, I guess the only criticism I would lay on it is that it is sometimes dependent on, on what, how the cards come out, what draw you get to pick uh, and whether or not those cards are Super beneficial. There's a whole pile of cards. I mean, I think there's almost 200 in the box, uh, just with the base game. Um, and so, if you and now they have a new expansion that has uh, European birds, which is also really interesting and adds a few twists and turns. Uh, so as you as you play those along, then you can uh, you can really start to get uh, get things going. One of the other things I really like about the special powers that the birds have is that they Uh, benefit both you and other people in the game. And so sometimes you can get an extra benefit that you didn't really expect because somebody played something. And some of those benefits also happen when other people do things, and so you have to really pay attention to what other folks are doing. So that kind of, you know, my initial feeling of multiplayer solitaire has really evolved over time, and I think now that I've played it with folks, and especially folks that have played it several times themselves, uh, you can you can really start to move the turns along really fast. It feels like you're always getting something that you need that you need for later. Uh, you can uh, you can also make other people joyful <laughs> by by actually uh, you know playing cards that, that give them benefits along with you. Um, and so um, so that that really makes it interesting and fun and I think uh, if you're stuck in the snow in the middle of winter, uh, there's nothing better than looking at uh, colorful birds and thinking about that in the springtime uh, when you're when you're out there. So that's wingspan uh, my third choice. And then finally, uh, my last choice that I'd like to take along with me is, a game called Mexica, or technically, it's really should be called pronounced, Mexica. Um This is a 2002 release uh, by Michael Keesling and Wolfgang Kramer, and the version I have is published by Iello. And I really like this version because of the all the parts in it are really great. I'll talk about that in a minute, but uh, but basically, the um, Keesling and Kramer have put together. Uh, what they call the mask trilogy of games uh, that's Tikal, Java, and Mexica. And uh, these games are all kind of uh, themed around various ancient uh, civilizations. And uh, this particular game, Mexica, is, uh, has a theme of building the Aztec capital of Tenochtitlan on Lake Tex- Texcoco in, uh, in central Mexico, so where Mexico City is right now. Uh, you know, the Aztec had a, a legend that they were to keep wandering around central Mexico until they spotted an eagle with a snake in its claws on a, uh, on a, uh, cactus. And, uh, so they saw that in the middle of Lake Texcoco, uh, as they were wandering around. And so they started to kind of build out the, uh, the, the, into the lake and, uh, create causeways, and build canals. And so this game is basically a uh, about building canals, making districts within the, the lake, uh, building temples within those districts, and all of those things kind of score you points. Um, this is a point allowance game. So each turn you have a certain number of points to do certain things and so you can build canals, you can build bridges, you can move your priests around to uh, to, to allow you to build temples in certain areas. And then um, the game is timed by having requests from the king of, of the city uh, to build certain size districts. So as you lay down these canals, you can, uh, it's on a square grid and inside of those, uh, grid areas if you build one of a certain size then you can kind of fill that order so to speak from the king and uh score points from that and then add add temples as you go along and uh those are can add more temples to other people's districts you can kind of poach those things so there's a little bit of uh, player interaction that way that uh that, Maybe pleasant for some and not so pleasant for others but i like the puzzle part of this game and uh, and it because those um, temples are really heavy pieces that uh, that come in the game it winds up being a real pretty scene after the uh, after you're all done with all that on there so uh, so that's my my fourth game that i'd like to bring along uh, Mexica, uh by wolfgang kramer and michael Keesling. So there they are, four games that aren't necessarily my favorites of all time, but some I'd love to spend a week with if I had a chance, and the answer to the question of what games I'd bring if I got stuck in snow, and the, the question I'll be putting to other guests here on Gamers Stuck in in here in the near future. Uh, we'll have lots of different folks on, and uh, I hope uh, that you'll be there for us to, to listen to what they have to say and how they answer that question. that's it for this preview of gamers stuck in snowmageddon Uh, i'll have many more and more interesting guests coming soon Uh, this podcast was recorded at the studios of traverse area community media in traverse city and those studios studios are available to everyone so uh, check them out at uh, tacm.tv the nice music that you're listening to is provided by blue dot sessions this episode was sponsored by Archipelago Creative LLC, publishers of Mackinac Island Card and Board Games at mackinactreasure.com. Uh, look for more episodes of this podcast at anchor.fm slash Snow, and get links and more information about this episode at gameinsnow.com. If you have comments about this show or want to suggest or be a guest, please email me at gameinsnow at gmail.com. And I'm Jim Maratsky. Thanks a lot for listening and see you next time.